I think if you look at just the market and, you know, sales is not something new, it's been around forever. But if you look at the market, I mean, even just looking at Instagram and TikTok, like businesses that are on Instagram and TikTok, like everywhere you turn, we're being sold something. We're being sold a message um, or there's some kind of marketing strategy being thrown at us. And I think that it is now more than ever, even more important to humanize the sales experience. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. I've got Natasha Hemingway here with us, and we're going to talk about selling with heart, not hustle. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to jump into the topic that I love most, which is sales. Awesome. So by way of introduction, Natasha is an entrepreneurial-based sales coach and a speaker and the creator of the, uh, the Heart Not Hustle sales system. She established her own firm after working for a Fortune 500 company for over 16 years, uh, and she helps companies and entrepreneurs master their authentic sales process, achieve meaningful success, and maximize their sales wins. Um, Natasha, let's let's jump into the questions. Uh, first of all, I'd, I'd love it if you could give give us an overview of the four components of a successful sales process that you teach. Yeah, so. I think a lot of people, those of us in sales, you're very familiar with it. However, our clients a lot of times are not familiar with it, depending on what angle that you're selling or coaching from. But the four components of the sales process, when you just think bare bones, are number one, the actual sales call, sales conversation. People call it a million different things. The conversation that you're having with a client where they're interested in buying something from you and your job is to sell them on that, right? To keep it simple. Then you have pricing then you have follow-up, and then you have closing. Now, obviously, however, in between those things, there's a lot that happens in each of those stages that help that help us get to the final piece, which is the close. And then really that's not final because then we have continue, right? That's a part of the process. If you really, really pull out the process even further, then we know other things go in that like lead, prospect, discovery, quote, all those things. But just at bare bones, I try to keep it high level just in regards to sales call, follow-up, pricing, which those two can switch places a lot of times, and then closing. That makes a ton of sense to me. And what about how can salespeople rid themselves of the fear that's attached to not selling when they're speaking with prospects? Yeah, I think part of the fear, I always say this to my clients, whether I'm working with a company or a corporation or an individual with one-on-one -on -one coaching, is I say that we don't really do anything absent from our mindset. Like I can remember coming straight out of a college. Um, I have a biology degree by major, thought I wanted to go to med school, all the things. And I was like, actually, I do not after being in school that long and having loans and scholarships and expensive student loans. I was like, nah, that's not it. So it's like, what can I do that will marry the passion of my love for science, but also my love for people? Because I knew I couldn't work anybody's science lab. I would go crazy or drive people crazy. And so that's when I came into the world when it was really hot back then. It was like the job to have like pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales. And all of that really led to fully me understanding what sales really means, like truly means. 
And it and, and the reason why I bring that up is that I came out of college, right? Selling to physicians, surgeons, things like that. And so it's it's not about just like what you know and do you know the most about your product and you know, do you know the features and the benefits and all this? And do you know your target and do you know your studies? But it truly is your mindset. It is your mindset and your belief that do you believe that you are able to have a communication, have a conversation with someone to really truly identify what they need and then to match your product with actually answering that need or meeting that need or providing a solution or meeting a desire, whatever the product is or service is, right? And then being able to get them to a yes. And I always say that the top part of that, of how you keep yourself out of fear is working on your mindset and your confidence. And so a lot of times I say this is that the three pillars to sell success is communication, energy, and then it's the whole process strategy, all of the like intricacies of sales. When I think people really get confused and they're so focused on the product or the service or what they say or how they say it, or is my pricing right and all that. And it's really, you know, what's your communication like, your communication skills and your energy, which is like your belief, your belief system, the confidence that backs that up. Um, because that honestly was the only way that I was able to sell physicians who coming out of college and coming out of sales training, they knew more than me, right? But at what I quickly realized is that the confidence that I operate from of knowing that no one knows my product better than me, and then also my belief in what I'm selling and my ability to sell it. And so I think that is the big thing that keeps people out of the fear. And I will say the second biggest thing is you understanding that like getting out of your head and making it all about you and actually literally operating from a place of service and heart where you are truly focused on the customer and the client that's in front of you. And so you're coming from a place of serving instead of selling. Yeah. I love that serving instead of selling and, and it's huge. The, I think that everything you're saying is so important. And and one of the things that the anxieties or fears that salespeople have is it, you, you can overcome it so much more easily if you're like, I, I'm an expert in my product. I'm bringing real value to this conversation. Sure, this person's a doctor in, in, uh, in, in your example, but they're not an expert in the exact thing that I, I'm an expert in and I can answer their questions and, and, and show them the value here. And that's, that's valuable to them. And I think that, so focusing, not focusing on how you're not a doctor, but focusing on how you can bring value to doctors, I think is, is the right mindset to be in. That makes a ton of sense. Huge. Spot on what you just said. What would you say the, the number one reason that prospects don't end up buying your product is? Oh God. I think it's that we've not communicated or we've not actually done the work to find out what it truly is they need, what they need and why they need it. When I'm coaching or consulting and I'm talking about like whether it's walking through the process or really pulling back the layers before we ever get to building a sales playbook is like, do we really understand what our high value target needs and then what they want. That's like, that's our number one job. It's not to really, especially in the discovery phase, it's not to be selling. It's to gain trust, have high communication and be there to let them know, I feel like that I'm here to strategically partner with you. Is this true cons consultative sale? Like this is a partnership. 
Um, you need me, I need you. But in that process, as you're developing that type of relationship is really digging in and figuring out what they need and why they need it. Because it's not enough to just know what they need. But if you don't understand why, you're not going to be able to take the product or service you have to actually fulfill that need. And, and the why is what really drives people to do something. And it's the relationship that you're building. So I think when we don't get the sale, it's because we have not done something right in that early phase of moving them from lead to prospect to discovery. And then really what happens in that discovery call um, is, is pivotal. Yeah. And on, on trust to build on that, what, what difference would you say trust can make in the, the, the buyer seller relationship? Why, why is that so important? And, and, and uh, what can you do to build trust? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is everything. I feel like, you know, truly people, people buy people. We do. I mean, right. The product they can buy, whatever you're selling product or service, they can buy it from probably five other people. To, truth be told, like nothing really on this planet is absolutely like unique and no one else sells it right there. You might have unique selling propositions within your product or by way of how you do it. But when it comes to the product, it's really probably not unique. So the thing that you have to hang your hat on, I believe, is the trust in a relationship. And I think that that comes from how you show up and how you establish the relationship from the beginning. I tell people quickly. And I truly, genuinely mean this from my heart because I'm not going to first get into a conversation with somebody that um, I really don't care. I don't care about their business or I'm not drawn to it. Or I'm not excited or whatever. That's why there's a pre-call phase before they get to me. But it's truly helping them understand I'm not here to really sell you anything. Like in this conversation, like I actually care about figuring out what you need and why you need it. Why you need it. And then what is it hindering you? Like what problems or issues is causing you from? And then to then it's my job that if it makes sense and I know I can help you and support you out of integrity, transparency and honesty, then tell you and invite you into the relationship for us to move forward. Right. Whatever the product or thing is that I sell. However, with that said, I can't do that before I put that establishment down. So I'm very big on high communication, transparency, um, authentically being yourself and operating from that place. Because when I established that from the beginning, it pretty much kind of drops the guard. And I think that as sales reps, we need to do that. You need to slow down. You need to slow down. You need to lean in and you need to articulate to them. What are the expectations in the conversation that you're in? Because you know what part of the sales cycle you have them in. And I think the more you are willing to openly communicate, the more it drops people's guards down where they feel like, okay, when's the pitch coming, right? Or when's it like, if it's, if we're in a pitch, Hey, my goal by the end of this conversation is to take what you've given to me in the discovery phase and actually tell you what I know is going to work best for you and how I can support you and help you and what that's going to mean to you in regards to the goals or the solution that you came to me looking for. And then I'll bring out the proposal. We'll go through pricing. Like it's like people aren't um, wondering things in their head and they're more focused on, wow, this person is clearly a communicating to me. They're being transparent. They're telling me where we're going every step of the way. So that naturally by over communicating and being upfront builds trust because you, I've already said I'm here for you. Whether you buy what I have or not, like I'm confident that I know 
that by the time I get you in the conversation, if it makes sense, I can sell you. But my first order of business and job is to figure out who you are. What do you need? What do you want? Why do you want it? Why do you need it? What's the issues? And that truly is the power of discovery phase. And so a lot of times I think we miss discovery and we mix in discovery and pitching. And I'm like, no, sometimes those might help, depending on the sales cycle, might help in the same, happen in the same conversation. But when there's a true discovery phase of understanding, and then you need to take a step back, especially if you're selling like of a, a more complex sale, which usually outsells is usually bigger price points and things like that. When you're doing that, you should be taking a step back to say, okay, I've gathered this information. Now let me put that put the put together the quote or proposal or whatever and figure out what they need where I'm going to customize this to meet their needs. But I think we rush too quick to sell versus establishing trust and actually being in the true discovery phase and stop being greedy or so swift to get to the sale. That makes a ton of sense. And I've heard you talk about persistence and how important it is to have persistence throughout the sales process, even when things don't necessarily look that promising. Could you, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this, this, I think it goes back to mindset, right? I say this all the time. Feelings are not facts, right? A lot of times we are trying to, um, you know, they're indicators, not dictators, right? Like our feelings. And a lot of times sales is an emotional light relationship, right? Those of us who get in sales, we're learning about sales psychology. You're reading people's body language. And sometimes you're doing that through an email or sometimes you're doing it face to face. And so we pick up on cues sometimes and then we hold on to them. And then we make judgment or decisions like, oh, you know, they're really not interested or they da 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 da. Like maybe something else was going on. Maybe they're distracted. I mean, I know when I called on surgeons, I mean, like they're busy people, right? Like, I'm sorry, when I'm standing there face to face with them, they're not giving me a 15 minute conversation. Like I know when I'm in that conversation with them, I have one goal, one at a time. And then I need to get scheduled, right? An appointment to sit down with them. So it's being realistic about who you're calling on, who you're talking to, and not getting in your feelings and making assumptions off of an email or body language. Your job at the end of the day is to hold them accountable if you know you have the solution is to hold them accountable to the intention or the desire that they said they needed or wanted. But how you get there is just as important. And we literally can take ourselves out of it big time. Because like we say in sales, everybody knows this, the fortune is in the follow-up. But when you're operating from a place of, oh, I don't want to follow up. They really weren't interested. And, you know, I've been trying, like, no, that's not it, right? If they said they had a need and you've done your job to figure out what it is and they've not told you straight up no, and even if they say no, you need to ask why, then keep moving, keep moving because you don't know at what point they're going to get to a yes and everybody's different. So that's my thing is we really take ourselves out of the game because we're too in our head and our emotions and the head trash. Yeah, I think we're, this is so important and people don't think about it enough. Persistence and follow-up. So rarely... Almost at every part of the sales process, we don't follow up enough and don't do enough with it. Uh, oh, and like you were saying, overread on negative signals. Like, is it a negative signal that you got ignored? Yeah, of course. But 
it, it, uh, the you have to reach out on average five times to get a response, right? Like for when yeah. you're when you're when you're first reaching out to someone, and people are really busy, and they kind of I think in a lot of a lot of situations, the buyer just puts it on the the seller, especially if someone's used to be sold being sold to a lot, like say a, a surgeon in your example. They, 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 the expectation is that you're going to, if they ignore you, you're going to follow up so that they, you can't read too much into this. And, and it's, that's a really important lesson. And I think a lot of people don't focus enough on, on follow up and, and just being persistent and and tenacious. And I think that's uh, one of the, one of the most important things a salesperson can do is not worry about that stuff because um, if they really want you to stop calling them, they would have told you that. Right. Right. I always oh. say this. I'm like, take it personal. If if you have not gotten to a final yes or no, take it personal. Because again, if you operate from that place of serving and selling with heart, not hustle, like I knew that the surgeon is the person or the physician is the person, let's say, is the person who's going to write the script that ultimately allows my product to reach the patient. And that's who I care about. If I know I've got a product that is going to impact them, change their life, whatever. And honestly, it doesn't matter what you're selling. Truly, be passionate about it and care enough about it that whoever it needs to get to, whoever that middle person is, or whether it's even that person that you're selling, it impacts them directly. Care enough about the problems or the persistent issues they're going to have if they don't say yes. And that is like the belief in what you're selling and truly the desire and the care to alleviate their pain. That's why it goes back to the discovery. Do you understand why they need what you have or that they need a solution? And then what issues or pains or whatever, you know, we call them many things, are, is it causing? And so when you start speaking to people in that way and less about, you know, well, why, you know, I don't understand why. And no, like I'm being persistent. Because I know that you share with me, you need this, 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 and here's what it's going to do. Help me understand why you're not saying yes to that. And I think we also need to be bolder in that, right? It's like, be bolder to ask the right questions and stop just going through the motions. And, and I think that takes active listening too. It's the relationship. It's actively listening and being engaged and caring about, you told me you need this. And I'm giving you the solution. Then where's the disconnect? And even it's like, what have I not done? What have I not communicated to help you see how this product or service is going to give you this and bop, 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 and the fact that we uniquely do it this way? Where's the gap, right? Like take the onus on yourself, but you got to lean in, you got to care. And I take it, I say, I tell my clients, take it personal. (laughs) I don't care if you're selling copiers or if you're selling this, there's a need and every single product or service we have serves some type of purpose and it fulfills some type of need or desire or it provides a solution. So lean in, lean into that. Well, and I think it's really easy for salespeople to take their eyes off of the, the ball of, of their customers' needs and, oh. and get more bogged down in their own sales processes and pitches and strategies when really the thing that matters is the customer's needs. Could you, could you tell me about uh, what, your, what your thoughts are on that? 
Yeah, I, I think you're 100% spot on. And I think it's very easy to do when you are, let's say, working in a company or corporation, right? I used to work in uh, Fortune 500, sales, medical device, pharmaceutical. I've been in two companies, eight years in one, eight years in the other, very loyal before moving into the entrepreneurial space. And I've done the rep side and I've done management side in both companies. And there are a lot of demands, numbers, plans, action plan, all the things that you are responsible for. And you have to manage your energy. I mean, truly, like you have to manage, like, which, you know, usually these people who are in outside sales, as they call it, a territory manager or sales rep, I mean, like you, that is your territory. You are responsible for that. You are a franchisee owner of that spot of dirt and those clients. And so you have to manage that. And it's like, I used to tell my team, like, manage up, right? It's like, manage up, put me, let me know where you are, lead your territory. And then so that way you can better manage your time, your energy, your focus on getting the actual job done and serving your clients and customers, right? Because if you're over here, I think we just get way too caught up in like the numbers and the hustle because of course it's coming from top down because it's a sales company, right? That's what we do is we drive sales, we drive quotas, we drive numbers, we're one, I mean, not the only important thing in a company, but one of the most important pieces so that the dream and the vision that came down from leadership to marketing to training department, when it gets in our hands, we're the people that convert it. We take that vision and make it a reality on the back end with a customer or client. And if you are not focused on that, you lose sight and you get spun up into the, because it's fast. It's fast and um, sales is very fast and there's high expectations, but a true, like, um, I would say a true seasoned sales rep, um, they're a leader, they're great at time management, they know how to manage up to their manager. So the things that are expected, it's not new. Like a lot of them are repetitive, right? So how are you ahead of the game, knowing your targets, knowing what your 30, 69 day plan is, rolling it up, having leadership meetings with your manager or your direct team? How are you doing that so that then you can better manage your energy of like, yeah, because part of it is us not being like, we're not planning, right? We're like, oh my God, I don't know where I'm going to get it from. Where is this number going to come from? Like, that's why you have 30, 60, 90 plans. That's why you don't just throw something up at your manager. You should care about that, right? Because it gives you a peace of mind of, I know where I'm going. I know what I need to do. And I know where my people are in my sales funnel or in my sales process, same word interchangeable, right? Like when you know that, you can better forecast, right? You know what you're going to convert. You can bring your numbers. You can, you know, it's it's all of those little things. But I think a lot of times people get really spun up in the pressure that comes top down and they're not managing up, in my opinion. Well, and, and after coming out of a, out of a, a period of uh, COVID and a mostly virtual world and that all kind of coming to an end and uh, the world coming back online. How how does choosing to sell more with the heart and not hustling resonate more with your with your prospects? Would you say? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think if you look at just the market, and you know, sales is not something new. It's been around forever. But if you look at the market, I mean, even just looking at Instagram and TikTok, like businesses that are on. Instagram and TikTok, like everywhere you turn, we're being sold something. We're being sold a message. 
um, or there's some kind of marketing strategy being thrown at us. And I think that it is now more than ever, even more important to humanize the sales experience because there's a million AI, tech, bots, all kinds of stuff um, that even enhance the outside sales experience, even now, right? That are being integrated, that don't take the person out, but there's things that are happening, right? And funnels and this and that. I think it's even more important now than ever, um, especially even going through the pandemic and having the opportunity to be back face-to-face with people. Um, everything in our world is so fast-paced. Like a lot of times people just want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? And do you care about what I need and why I need it? Truly, right? Because when we miss that mark and we don't see, hear, and care about the people that are in front of us, they're like, oh, get out of my way, right? Their attention span, people are busy, overwhelmed, and distracted. And their attention span for that lackluster, or like a friend of mine says, that commission breath type sales, they're not interested. So expect for them to not engage with you if you are going to breathe your commission breath all over them throughout your sales process. They don't care. And they don't really care about helping you or your agenda. That's not why they're there. And so I think now more than ever in the day and age we're in, the culture, it's fast paced. There's businesses or companies. I mean, probably five or six years ago, we would have never imagined certain businesses and companies being on Instagram and TikTok. Like who cares, right? Like that's not their lane of marketing. But so much has changed. And where marketing sales have this bump up and it's always been that way. However, there's always a struggle sometimes between marketing and sales. And that's a whole nother conversation. But there's this, you know, kind of merging and in and out. And it's how do we, in all of our um, latest technology and AI and tech and all these things, how do you humanize the experience? And that's why I love outside sales so much because we still have the opportunity to see someone, to truly hear them, right? And to really find out what they need and why they need it and fulfill that need on a one-to-one basis. And there's nothing that beats the power, I believe, of face-to-face even if it's still through a Zoom or a Google Meet or whatever. There's nothing that trumps that power when you think about the human experience, how we connect over energy, how we connect through our eyes, the feeling, the emotion, the talk, the tone. You can't skip that. Can't skip that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And and salespeople have been taught for years that they have to hustle their way to the top. That's the only way to think about it. Can following our heart advance our careers in a way that we wouldn't be able to advance our career just by hustling? Oh, yes, yes, and yes. I feel like when you, because um, I've seen many people who've hustled their way to the top, but who have broken a lot of relationships, right? Whether it's bad names and companies or they get promoted into something else and they're really not great leaders or great people leaders or they're not really developed. And um, their mindset is from a selfish place, truth be told, right? Um, it's get more money, sell more things. But it's like, do you care about the company? Do you care about the mission? What are your values? What's your own personal mission and why you've chosen to partner with this company? How do you show up with that and in that when dealing with your clients, your customers, but also internally, right? It's like, how do you show up? And I believe... I tell people, even if you don't own your own business um, and you sell for another company, you're still also selling your personal brand. Don't you ever get it twisted or think that you're not. You are. And I'm all about a good, healthy hustle, 
but the one where it's selfish, disconnected, not in alignment with the morals and the values of the company, um, it always usually flies short. I mean, it falls short. Um, I've seen people hustle, scrape, climb, you know, do not so great things, put other people down and get up there. And before you know it, they're not even up there that long. Right. And it's like as companies nowadays, I, I say this, we are truly in the day and age where we deal with very conscious buyers. Right. They're, they care. They're looking. They're paying attention. What are your morals? What are your values? Even to the company. Right. You know, long ago, we didn't know about, oh, the CEO of this and their personal life and this and this and that. Like that stuff's everywhere now. Right. Because we're dealing with contra conscious buyers. They care about you and your alignment, your values, your morals. Do you have a portion that's give back? What is the integrity of your company? And when you're an outside sales and you work under the company, you're a direct extension of that, right? So going back to what I said to the other question, the way that you show up, 1000% affects how you get there. That's leadership, right? That's values. Those are those core skills and the core qualities that exist in you that ensure as you're going up the ladder, as you are getting to your numbers and targets, which are an expectation of your job, the way that you do it actually truly opens up other doors where people will speak your name in rooms about your qualities and your integrity and your character. Because I'm sure every single one of us has experienced being led under a person who is a great sales rep, hit their numbers, but they are a horrible people leader because they're selfish or they don't have morals and values or they've done it the wrong way or done shady things out in the field or whatever. And they get there and they are the worst people to be managed by. And so I always say that, like, remember the place that you're operating from and what are you, what is your personal brand? What's being communicated through that as to how you climb and hustle the ladder? That makes sense. Uh, absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, next section is sales in 60 seconds. So we're going to do quick questions, quick answers. Yes. First question, how can salespeople use failures to their advantage? Oh, gosh, man. I always say sometimes the greatest gateway to goal growth is self-awareness, right? So when you fail, what can you step back and evaluate about what went wrong? What you did wrong, what went wrong? And receiving that feedback from said manager or peer or whatever, because if you're always operating from a mindset of growth, you are going to get better. It's just like, I mean, it's taking me, I've been in sales now. It's the only thing I've done for 23 years at this point. Like I still to this day am learning, growing, asking for feedback from my clients, um, what their experience was like. And even taking my own, like I took a course, a sales growth expertise course and certification through Cornell last year during the holiday season where I was up sometimes till 3 and 4 a.m. and doing these projects. That's not because I have to. I own my own business, but it's because I want to, because I desire to get better. But you can't grow from the failures if you're not willing to slow down and evaluate and actually have some real self-awareness and receive the feedback and then move forward to get better. And was there a moment in your career where you realized that you were hustling too much that made you uh, kind of go in this direction? 1000%. Like it is, it is honestly how I discovered how I got to, I believe it was like a divine thing of how that selling with heart, not hustle came about is I came from corporate sales, which is very much a hustle and a grind. 
but I quickly understood, I'll never forget, um, and this physician is now a friend of mine, but I'll never forget how he set me straight real quick to let me know if you want to go far and you want to partner with our practice, which is a very large practice, then don't ever come back in here doing this, this, and that. And I was like, oh, and it was hustle. It was hustle, right? You know, coming out of sales training, you're like, I got to get this number, da, 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 da. And I mean, and if you know anything about medical device sales, like they're not playing around. They'll tell you. And the, the company that I work for, they are the number one medical device con company in the country, in the world, right? And they like, we hire the best of the best. And so they don't play around. You don't perform, they're going to get you out of there real quick. They waste no time or money on people, right? If you're not performing, because it's your job. But I remember coming in with that type of energy and he set me straight and I was like, oh, whoa, I can't do this like that. Part of it's not my personality either to hustle like that. I mean, to be disingenuous and things like that. The other way that it really hit home was when I started building my own business and I really started understanding truly the gap and the struggle with either CEOs who are still selling and they don't have a sales team yet or startups or things like that, or even companies who are trying to reestablish the way that they do selling. And the common thread was, is it's been this thing of pushing things down people's throats and not really having great success by treating people in this like kind of cookie cutter way. Like this is the way we do it. This is the way the message sells like like instead of really empower them to have their own voice and understanding what our values and our mission are and who we actually serve through selling. And that is where, when I started developing my business, I was talking to my marketing branding manager and I was like, I really want to teach people how to sell with heart and hustle. And she was like, that's it. And I'm like, yes, that's it. Right. And the essence of how I do that is just in a unique way when I do it. So that's how. That is a that is a, a fantastic story to hear, and uh, it makes it makes what what you do so much more. Uh, I see where it's coming from. I like I, that's that's awesome. Well, yeah. what's what's a sales book that really made an impression on you, or or that you found influential during yeah. during your long career in sales? Man, I've been in sales forever, and I feel like I've taken every kind of test, and I've read fifty million books. But the one that I love most, and I think it came out in twenty twenty one. Rather, it's like a new, um, like a newer book and it's called, and I'm going to look at the, the author's name, but it's the most powerful woman in the room is you. And I mean, it's not just for women, men can read it too, but it's by Lydia. I think it's Finette, F-E-N-E-T. She's like the number one auctioneer at, um, Christie's. I mean, it's just, it's a very, very, very good book. And she's an author, an auctioneer, a speaker. Um, and now does, I mean, she's been everywhere, the news outlets, big companies she's worked with, but that book I absolutely love because I think it's just way more applicable to the times that we're in right now. That's the one that I've listened to the latest that I love. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. What, uh, what are some of the daily habits that you use to maximize your goals? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think from, um, I'm a very <laughs> kind of type A person. Um, I like organization. I like structure. Um, I believe when I have a plan, I'm able to stop worrying and spinning and really focus on executing. Um, and so for me and my business, the way it looks now, which when I was in outside sales, it looked one way, right? Like knowing where I'm going, knowing what my 30, 60, 90 day plan is, sticking with it, knowing what my targets are and who I'm focused on and that my activities daily add up to that, right? Um, is, and then maximizing my time in the field, that stuff mattered. Like 
the basics that they teach you and tell you is for a reason because it works, right? <laughs> like you should not be sitting around in field time doing admin stuff. No, do that at the end of your day, right? But maximize that time. But I would say now as an entrepreneur, it's really, I have to actually press in and lean into that more because as CEO, there are 50 million things and a speaker. There's a ton of things pulling me, right? But what I try to make sure I'm focused on daily is what I call IPAs, which is income producing activities. What are the things that I'm doing that are going to drive me towards producing income and knowing what those things are, but also just as importantly, knowing what those things that are not right and kind of time blocking those things off because I have a ton of things that I have to focus on. I'm not just the person selling or consulting, but I'm also the person speaking. I'm the person podcasting, right? And so I can get spun down. And a really good book, just to add on to that, in case anybody needs that, is the book, Who Not How? Life Changer, Game Changer. And so knowing how to stay in your lane and really do what you do best um, to advance the ball forward for my company, the vision, my team, all of that. Yeah, I've heard of that one. That's the one by Dan Sullivan. Yes, I... I swear by it's sitting like I just look down because it's sitting right there. I mean, love it. It's a game changer. And it, it what's the best piece of sales advice you ever received in your career or career advice that you received in your sales career? Whichever way you'd like to answer. <laughs> yeah, I think that it almost goes back to, you know, the Maya Angelou quote. I think it, that's pretty much what it is. And that's what this physician told me. He was like basically just saying, is that we don't care how much you know, we don't care about your product, we care much. We care about how much you care about us, our staff, how you integrate with us, the processes you help create if we're gonna partner with you, and ultimately our patients. And how do you make us look good, right? To then make us look good to our patients, right? And it was that truly understanding that strategically partnering and consultative type sell of like, I'm not just here slinging products or I'm not just here in, even in my business, slinging services, but it's like, I truly give a God darn about the people that I get to serve. And you should always see that as a get to, because they don't have to, they don't have to buy anything from you. They can buy it from somebody else. But when you really give a daggum and you care and you lean in, that comes across when it's coming from a place of true sincerity and authenticity and integrity it's, it's there. You can't deny it. And it's so much easier of a sell because it's not like the next thing you upsell them to, you're like, oh God, you know, here they come trying to sell me something else. It's, no, it's a different conversation of like, hey, this is what I feel like we need next. This is what you need next to take you here. And it's a more, again, trust is there, right? Trust is there. Partnership is there. And they're letting you lead them. But that is... That 1000%, and I'm so grateful because at first when I received the feedback, I was like, oh my gosh, I felt horrible, right? And I was like, oh, I just did it all wrong and kind of embarrassed that he called out exactly what it was and I didn't even realize I was doing it or operating from that place. But man, it changed everything. And I truly believe having that smack in the face real early in my sales career was a game changer that helped me understand how in order for me to be successful in this business, I've got to do it different. And as an actionable takeaway, what's the first change the salespeople listening today could do to rid themselves of the, the hustling mindset and 
and start bringing the heart into their sales process. Yeah. I think it's, if I can say it in a sentence, stop worrying about the numbers and start worrying about your people, right? Worrying about your people, meaning do you know what they want? Do you know what they need? And do you know their pains? And, and get in there and roll up your sleeves. Like, and have the freaking upfront, and have the freaking upfront conversation. Like, I'm here to partner with you. And it's like, when I'm telling you, it's like the minute you do that, the money comes. Even when I was first building my business, and that was coming from a personal brand. So that's building a personal brand also, because I'd been known in corporate to rise. And it's like, when you get that quick, when you double down and focus on the people and care about them, the money comes truly still to this day. It happens. There's not been a time, even in the times where stuff was like, Ooh, it's a struggle. The quickness is when we start getting away from that and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, I need that money. And da, 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 da. you're worried about the money in your bank account more than you are about the person in front of you. That's when you're in hustle. That's when you get away from caring about your people. And when you don't care about your people, your people don't care about you. So Makes I guess a ton of sense. it's kind of like encompassing. Bubbling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, that, that helps clarify for sure. Well, I'm going to try to summarize all the, all the stuff that you've taught us about today. So first thing we talked about the four big components of a successful sales process being sales conversation, the actual conversation, the, the meeting pricing, follow-up and closing. Uh, you keep yourself out of being afraid or fear by having a good mindset and and uh, the confidence that you're really bringing value to the yeah. customer. Um, it's important to operate from a place of service, and that's the place of the heart, the place of the heart, the place of service, and focus on how you bring value. And if you keep doing that, that'll, that's how you can really be confident, have a good mindset, and, and therefore not be always worried and kind of, as you, as you were saying, just wrapped around the numbers yeah getting commission breath if you will um so salespeople need to figure out what prospects really need and why they need it in order to sell successfully the why really is what what drives people to do something it's what makes people actually take action one thousand percent trust is very important since people buy from people they trust and trust is all about how you show up and how you establish a relationship. You, you build trust by being authentic, transparent, and by communicating your expectations. Yeah. You want to be persistent when you're following up. Feelings are not facts. Don't jump to conclusions about a, a person's or a prospect's interest level. Um, be realistic about who you're talking to and how busy they can be. And, and, and with that in mind and how they need you to follow up, if this is in their best interest, don't be afraid to follow up. And this is somewhere that a lot of people miss. They, they don't follow up enough. A lot of salespeople. Yeah. You, you've got to care enough about the problem that your prospect is having to, to stay on them and, and, and keep following up because you know, if you truly believe the thing that you're selling is in their best interest, then it's, it's, it's your duty. And that's, that's the role you play to help them make this happen. Yeah. Um, once again, don't get too caught up in the numbers that you need to hit. Instead, manage your energy and focus on your customers and creating value. You want to humanize the sales experience. So 
you show the prospect, you see them, you hear them, you care about them and, and their problems. That's, that's, uh, and that's how you show up with, with heart and, uh, and you really can grow your, your, your sales career. You want to have a healthy hustle since customers care about um, the qualities and the values of the people that they buy from. So that's, uh, that is selling with heart and not hustle. This has been fantastic. Where, where can our listeners read more about your work and um, what's the best way to reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you? Cause you, you know, the, the, the sales consulting you do, the coaching you do, the speaking you do. Yeah. So pretty much everything is housed under NatashaHemingway.com um, or whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, it's all Natasha Hemingway with two M's and with two M's. <laughs> I have to tell people all the time, um, but it's with the two M's and that's where if it's spelled, spelled the same way as the most famous author of our time, basically. <laughs> right. But he's one M. Oh, is he one M? Oh, that's tricky. one M. So we, our is family, we always have to say two M's, two oh, M's. Oh, yeah, that is that is very tricky. Uh, yeah, it is, it is, and people can kind of mix them. I'm like two M's, always two M's. But um, <laughs> I, that, I just assumed that it was the same way as him. But that, there you go. I'm trying to now. I'm trying to picture them both in my mind. Now I've now I'm confused. Now I'm breaking my own brain. I can see it. <laughs> Well, now, now no one's going to forget that. That's the good news. Right, right. Two M's. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty much whether it's booking me to speak or it's one-on-one coaching or consulting. I mean, it, it's all in that lane um, and or emailing me. It's, it's all there. So that's where you can find me for any of those things. Ready to serve. Outstanding. Well, this has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk, and we learned that Ernest spells his name with one M, and Natasha has two, uh, <laughs> as well as lots of other important things. Uh, if you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. The number one route planner helps you sell 20% more while deriving 20% less, and you can get a free trial at badgermapping.com. If you can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from the things that Natasha taught us today, uh, share the love and forward this on to them. Natasha, thanks so much for, for coming this and uh, uh, doing this episode with us. Thanks. I have to say one thing. I'm like, if only we had Badger Maps back then. <laughs> I <know laughs> I mean, <that. laughs> people, take advantage of that because, man, I used to literally have to like print out MapQuest. I'm not even kidding. And yeah. being whole new city and like routing myself and having a map. I'm aging myself. You can look at me. I don't care. I am. But um, yeah, well, yeah, you were and that, that that was at the that that was the industry leaders at the time, right? You were you worked for Eli Lilly, you you worked for Medtronic. I mean Yeah. Like time is everything and having a route that you can follow. I mean it was like, oh my gosh, back then. Woo, doing well, all you, that. So, you'd I mean, be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people we we run into are still doing this with like you know uh, Google Maps and a spreadsheet. Oh, and, I believe it. You know, trying to piece it together every 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 night. They're like, "What am I doing tomorrow? How's the I'm, I'm telling you, I can one thousand believe it. That's why I said you guys take advantage of this. And then also in the show notes, there'll be a gift um, for your audience at NatashaHemingway.com backslash outside sales. So just want to make sure that's there and with two M's, NatashaHemingway.com. There is a gift that's there for you guys that is um, just for the outside sales people. And that's the sales course. Hello, clients. Hello, cash. It's a registered trademark course. 
all the things, um, but it's there and available to you guys with a discount code, especially for those of you who are listening and fans and followers of Outside Sales. Fantastic. Well, uh, everyone, everyone loves free giveaways. So jump in there. (laughs) Make it. It works. I love it. Well, thanks for coming, Tasha, and take care until next time, everybody. Thanks for having me.